When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's no place like the cube. Hey, I'm Adele. And I'm Anna. And we are ACAD Productions. Get ready to nod your head and laugh out loud as we bring an unfiltered perspective to black life in predominantly white spaces. So, welcome to the head nod. Season one, Black Life at a PWI. In dorms of diversity, we reside. Black lives at PWI, side by side. Together we learn, grow, and inspire. In the heart of the campus, our spirits are on fire. Yes. We live, 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 live. It's lit, 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 lit. You're such a DJ. <laughs> I was about to say that. Ryan, please, please, please. You said that. Okay. That, that, that. <laughs> and that's the perfect way to intro this episode. Family, welcome to the Hen we got ooh, our friend, ooh, marketing ooh. guru, Faye is... Oh, oh you going to do that? Mm, mm, I told you, I do it every bad. time. You it's do indeed. I, and I love it. We got our homie, Faye, Faye in the building. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't talk. Faye is so distracted. She opened it over. I'm sorry. I, go I, I really go should ahead, turn ahead, my man. camera off. Go ahead. Welcome <laughs> to the head now. Boom, boom, boom. Don't go. turn your camera off. We about to, this, go, this episode is going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. Okay. No, we're not. No, we're not. That's going to be the whole point of this whole episode. That's because the homie Faye is on. And we got no act right when Faye is in the building. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Faye and embarrass the mess out of her. Okay. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. She is an international hip hop fusion activist, educator, and marketing director with over 15 years of experience specializing in brand partnership strategy and collaboration within the audio content field. Faye is an award-winning graduate of the College of Charleston and earned her MBA from St. John's University. She is a cultural ambassador to the United States and voting member of the Recording Academy. Faye, welcome to the head nod. Beep, 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 beep. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> it took all I had not to interrupt and just make noises that entire time. Like, Faye, Faye was easing because people can't see this, but Faye just slow rocking in the chair, just ready to get it over. Fading out of the camera. <laughs> Nope, I had to wait here though. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I've been looking forward to this all day. So yes, you you've been our day one, like for yo, real. I'm like, so proud of you. Like congratulations. Like this has been, and that's the thing with podcast create podcast creators. Like what y'all do, I respect it so much, and I think that's why it not only makes my job easier, but um, I've I've had this whole thing. My word since 2020 was intention. I only want to do stuff I want to do. And it doesn't matter the attachment to it. You know what I mean? Like, and by that, um, I say all that to say, like, I saw the amount of work that y'all did at the beginning of this and 
you see a a piece of that when each episode comes out. So I want to for y'all <laughs> real quick. Hey. And drop bombs, drop bombs, explosions, all of that after I say that. But no, shout out to y'all and congrats for the head nod. And we really mean it, y'all. Faye was day one in the mm-hmm. chat with us. Like, yo, Faye, we gonna need you. Faye was like, all right, what we doing? Say less. <laughs> and Faye, say less. Faye was on say me. Less. Faye didn't even need to be on. We weren't even talking about marketing. Faye was just in here ideating I, with us, brainstorming, dreaming with us, you know. I was happy to be invited. I was one of those, like, it felt like when you get invited to come to the party, finally as the kid. That's how I felt. <laughs> it felt good. Amazing. You are a mess. Now, you, right. Because we honored to have you on the team, okay? If you, we can we can talk about Faye all day. But Faye, you got to tell us. This is the head knot. Tell us yep. what PWIs you went to and yep. if they got any school calls, right? So for Drake University, you'd be like, D-U? Um, oh, so let us yeah. know. What your university is so, and what your school calls. We didn't even have school. So I went to College of Charleston um, for undergrad. And I went um, on an academic and an athletic scholarship. I don't even think we were cool enough to have calls. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> we were just there. Our mascot was the Cougars though. So um, we were the seventh oldest college in the nation and the first mm. oldest college in South Carolina, but we're known as a party school. And literally like, <laughs> I think up until a couple of years ago, you like, you could Google top party school. It was like top 20. I'm not even making that up. Damn. <laughs> like okay. it was yes. In the nation. And that's a lot considering it wasn't a huge universe. Like it wasn't a really big school. Like USC is bigger than us. SC state, I think is bigger than us too. But that's just how they roll. That's how them kids rolled in Charleston. Um, <laughs> and then for grad, I got my MBA at St. John's University, Red Storm. Um, and people always ask, like, oh, did you were you there the same time as J. Cole? I think literally when I was coming into grad school, he was graduating undergrad. So we literally crossed paths. And I've never met him in person. And we also have the same birthday. So that's always my St. John's conversation. So I was like, let me just throw it out there now. <laughs> That's all but you could make up a call because that's what we ask when people don't have a call. So what would the call be for your, for your school? Um. Oh, if I could make up one. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. C of C. Oh, maybe we did have a call. Maybe that was it. The C of C. Look, how much I, I was unplugged. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it was now. C of C. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we did have one. I just made that up. That's how unplugged I was while I was there. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you get into at C of C? C of um, C. I can see mm-hmm. that working. Yeah, I now that I think about it, I think it was. Also, we didn't have a football team. So, you know, a lot I feel like a lot of the calls and stuff, even though we True. had basketball, soccer, and baseball, like our baseball program was stellar. Like uh one of the guys, actually my teammate dated him while we were in freshman year, maybe through like her junior year. He actually plays for the Yankees now. So our baseball team was official. Oh wow. Like they were really good. Um but we didn't have a football team either. And I feel like a lot of the calls and a lot of the chants and stuff come from football schools. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever, you true. know, like, so, so anyway. But um, 
Yeah, while I was there, being a student athlete, I would say took up 90% of my schedule. And I mean that from off season to during the season. Um, but I was also like a part of um, a fellowship of Christian athletes, black student union. Um, I was, um, I pledged uh, my junior, senior year, um, going into my senior year. Uh, so I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Um, so I, I always was like on campus, even mm-hmm. in like during the summer, like going into College of Charleston, my junior year, I was selected for, they have a program in South Carolina called Governor School. And it's like every high school in South Carolina, like all students are considered to be selected if you have a certain GPA, certain, you know, all the qualifications or whatever. Um, but it's only like, I don't know, 50 to 75 students that get to go there early. So like from my junior year to like the end of my senior year, every summer, pretty much I was on campus. So oh, wow. during okay. the school year. Yeah. So it also made time to like just train over the summer as well. And like, you know, basketball was a huge part of my life, like as, as a teenager. So um, it was great to like, obviously get the, the good education, but as much time as I could be there to spend working on my craft, like I, it was, I was all about that. Pretty much nice. all four years. Yeah. So just moving backwards and then forwards, what made you choose a PWI? Like what made you go there? Was it the sports? <gasps> it it was. It, the sports had a lot to do. It's funny because I listened to y'all's conversation too. So I'm going to try not to cheat in this question. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I wanted to go to Howard so bad. Like <sighs> Howard was like my, if Howard recruited me, I would have went to Howard. But um Howard didn't recruit me as an athlete. And at that time, because I came from such a prestigious athletic program, um, it w- it meant a lot to me to go to school on a basketball scholarship. And that was just mm-hmm. a personal goal I wanted to prove to myself. I did not want my mother to pay for my schooling. I got into certain Ivy Leagues. Like I could have gone to better schools the academic route but that's not what I wanted so I didn't start my senior year so I'm just gonna give a little background on my program and shout out to um the girls that I played with um they literally just um had a whole program to like name the art old gym after my former coach he's the most winningest coach in South Carolina for boys or girls sports like period oh nice so um uh, coach Bobby Young shout out Bobby Young yeah, he he's he was amazing. Um, it meant a lot to not only get a basketball scholarship as a girl in the early 2000s. Again, you got to remember in this era, the WNBA is like a year or two old. Mm-hmm. So women, yeah. you know, they started in 97. Yep. Exactly. So our most realistic standpoint was going overseas to play for Europe. And like after my senior year, I got right. recruited to go play for Turkey and a couple of other places. But I just didn't want to go overseas like. Okay. Um, so when I was I they got game. First of all, first of all, that <laughs> you know? wasn't in the bio at the top. Like <laughs> there's more. Not at all. Like, you supposed to be playing <laughs> you professionally. You can't <laughs> put almost professional basketball player on your resume. <laughs> almost made it there. But oh, I mean, close. I think it counts. I think <laughs> it counts. Yeah, maybe, so maybe it counts. But um, uh, but yeah, so 
to reel it in and bring it to the, the point of why we're here, College of Charleston recruited me and they were very um, earnest about wanting to recruit me to play, you know, so there were, you know, other and, and you know, the way the uh, D1, um, 1A, D1, 2A schools, it was D1, 2A. And while I did get recruited by some D1A, which is more like your um, University of Tennessee, like your bigger schools that, you know, mm-hmm. we would watch on television back then. Now they put a lot more of, of girl sports on television. Shout out LSU. That's my team right now. OK, so anyway. <laughs> okay, <tired>. OK, but um, <laughs> it, they, you know, made it very obvious that I would play as well. You know, so um, it wasn't like I would be going to pretty much sit on the bench or a red shirt or whatever. And because I didn't have that security um, at my number one choice, which was Howard, I knew I would have to walk on. I knew I would have to prove myself to the coach. I knew I would, and not that there's anything against that. I think just at the time, that's what my focus was. Like looking back, like my mom saved all of my letters. So moving back Aww. home from New York, like she gave them to me and I was like, Looking through, and I'm seeing like certain colleges, just like, what the hell was I thinking when I was 18? <laughs> like, it was just, you know, it was just different priorities. So it was financial to some degree, right? Um, and I know this conversation comes up a lot about um, budget as far as like HBCUs and what they can spend to bring students in and how that right. looks. So for me, it, it did come down to financial and it did come to just personal preference of me wanting to, you know, take a shot at my athletic career and see what would happen. And I mean, all in all, like sometimes I definitely think about like, what if I did go to Howard or what if I chose one of those other schools? But, you know, you just have to trust and believe that the correct decision was made. And if I ever go to for my doctorate though, you know, you're coming, you're, you're that's, going to that's up there. <laughs> going to DC. <laughs> that's, that's up there. So Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Tell- I feel like Faye just dropped a whole bunch of credentials on us, and then it's like, but yeah, <laughs> like, I wasn't ready. <laughs> that I was a long ready. time ago. Now getting me up and down the court is a small miracle. Let me just bring in the reality. <laughs> bring in the reality of it. I think that's true for all of us. Okay, these knees don't work like they used to. Listen, but how is stu- okay? I think you probably are like the first student athlete. Yes. We've been right? wanting to talk to an athlete work. too. So this works out. Look look at Faye checking the box. <laughs> you Just... know what I mean? <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, Faye. Athlete, I mean, you're like our first student athlete. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> that we were talked to. How was your experience at a PWI? You know, at my PWI, the majority of the black students were there on an athletic scholarship. Yeah. And, and so, even in some places, it's expected. Like some people think it's an expectation that you're there as an athlete, you know, for as a mm-hmm. black student. Yeah. My experience um, was very, it was a growth moment for me because my high school was predominantly black. Um but I live in a very white state and I didn't realize how not diverse South Carolina was until I lived in New York for 15 years. Mm. And I was coming home one time to visit and I got off the airplane and I looked around. And I was like, 
yo, this is a white ass city. <laughs> like, I, it just, <laughs> I never thought that before, you know? Um, so for me, I had always been in mixed spaces, but it was rare that I was the only one. And so when I got recruited by College of Charleston, um, we might have had two other black players on the team. You're talking about a team of 15 or 16 girls and everybody's white. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't have any agency, all of the terminology, all of the understandings that we have today, like me as a 40-year-old woman, I can look back at 18-year-old me and just, I was not prepared. I wasn't prepared for racism. Mm. I wasn't prepared for microaggressions. I wasn't prepared for um, being able to assertively stick up for myself and finding that perfect line of not coming across as the angry black woman. Right. You know, and and so that's something that I like I've recently learned in adulthood. But back then I didn't. And so there was a lot of frustration. Uh, there was a lot of finding self because also there's that dichotomy of or, or if we want to quote W.E.B. Du Bois. So the black folk, <laughs> you know, Come on. it's like you're to some degree like we we've all felt that. um being called the Oreo or mm-hmm. being, you know, just told, oh, why you talk so white or why you act like that? Yeah. or Why you listen to that music or why, you know, just having it's like I'm not black enough, you know, for the black folks and I'm not American enough for the white folks and not knowing why and just going through it as a teenager. I was I, I had a tough time mentally. I had a yeah. tough time and I would, you know definitely have fits of frustration because there's also that era of oh you're here as an athlete so you must be dumb and it's like i graduated right. in my class like you know don't, I, play I, don't play with me like i had to work twice as hard to get half and the other thing is with college of charleston i think with south carolina in general you don't think about south carolina until you start seeing the electoral votes when we start making political decisions, it's like, why the hell does South Carolina get so many points? Like, And so here we call it old money. We know what that means, you right. know, but you got to think a lot of those students going to college of Charleston who have their grandfather's name on the building, they don't care about no class. Like I, like I knew people, you know, who would literally just need to make, not even make a certain grade, just graduate. And you got a six figure job waiting on you, you know? And those were not luxuries that I, and and again, this is me interpreting this as, as, as a grown woman, but as a kid, I'm like, yo, okay. Yeah. I got to study. Yo, I got to go to practice. And I I have to speak up in class. I, you know, I like, I had to sometimes do extra work in order to make sure that things are met and then not get mad at my study group because I don't want to seem like the angry person. But these kids right. don't care because we're at a party school. So um, <laughs> it, it was um, it took a while for me to to be able to work through it. And I don't think I did till after I left, after I graduated. That's real. And I mean, that's just honest. And it, it's um, it's it's one of those things that in a weird sort of way prepares you. 
for corporate America, because I mean, ultimately, that's what college is. They just want to know if you're able to stick to a schedule, work with groups of people and do so in a way that is a step and repeat system, you know, that you can pretty much do this in a corporate setting as well. So being able to. How did you cope? How did did you cope? Music. How did you cope in that environment? I think art Mm -hmm. helped me cope. I think being able to, like, we've all seen Awkward Black Girl. I felt oh, like yes. Issa Rae was, like, rapping in the mirror it was all by of myself. Us. Issa was all of us. <laughs> Issa, yes. Issa was all of us, you know? Yes. I, I could I could definitely cope by um, writing out my thoughts, writing out my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I had music as an outlet, which was a very important part of just being able to work through everything. Because, you know, back then, I wasn't going to therapy Black right. people don't do therapy. Not then. It was like, oh, just pray about it. We're gonna go to church. It's like, well, God gave us, God gave us therapists. You better get in that Is closet, that thing, right? <laughs> right. You better get in that prayer closet. <laughs> Look, it's but no, true, I think though. it's so like valid and powerful what you're saying because we all have that in common. That's something I ran into with like how I speak, how I come off, how I talk, or you know, getting perceived as, as a certain way and always in the back of your head, okay, is my reaction being perceived this way or now am I going to be labeled the angry black woman on campus for whatever yeah. reason? Even if your feelings are valid, you're still like, am I thinking, you know, am I overanalyzing it? Is something wrong with me? You kind of turn it inward. So I think that's such a beautiful moment, like thing that you pointed out, Faye. I was going to ask, because, you know, you did end up pledging. How did you find your people and then decide to pledge? What was that process? Yeah, um, I and I have I have to touch on this really quick though, Adele. I did snap on my teammates like once or twice, and <laughs> and this is I just feel like I should apologize because they didn't deserve that. There's no apology needed. None. None. I think that's X that. okay. That's fair. I yeah. What what was the story? Why did you snap? For for College of Charleston women's basketball team, even Columbia High women's basketball team, like I, I have to apologize to my teammates. It was a few Damn times thing. I did snap. Go all the way back I'm to gonna, high school. I'm gonna go to high school too, because there was other things as well, like with the the Oreo comments and all of that stuff. That was definitely high school. So that's my own thing. I'm working. I work through it. It's fine. But for my teammates in college, so there's two instances I'm thinking of. The first one was um, one of my teammates asked me. Um, why don't black girls shave their legs? And I was like, I don't, why would I know that? Like, you know, it was just, but I'm realizing. <laughs> I'm sorry. The way Anna's head just dropped. <laughs> I know that I saw Anna's head. And I, it, I was so, I had so many thoughts rushed to my mouth at the time. Like, what did I you think, say? I don't even fully remember. Again, this is, I was like, what, 18 or 19, but I'm Uh-oh, pretty Faith, sure uh, what the fuck out. was in there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure what the fuck was in there, but, and I don't even know, can we curse on here? Y'all can bleep it yes, out. Yes, right, so <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure what the fuck was in there, like, and just a conversation of why would I know what every black girl does, you know, and I, I don't think they were prepared for my answer just as much as I wasn't prepared for the question. So that's one instance that definitely sticks out to me. The other was two of my teammates who were both white. One of them called the other one's like, man, I don't know, nigga. And like, they just stopped because they forgot I was there. And I stopped and I was so taken aback um, 
what and, and one of the girls is like my homie i'm not gonna say her name but like that's that's my dude like we still cool to this day but the other girl she, she was so she just said whatever came to mind it was a lot dealing with her but um she was like wait she don't care like i was like nothing almost you know and again like you spend so much time with your teammates like I think when they say stuff, sometimes they would get away with it. And so they just assume whenever, oh, like you're one of one of the ones that doesn't care. It's like, no, I do care, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so my other teammate who's like my homie, she's like, yo, nah, that's not cool. Or what? So she actually was like, yo, it just doesn't feel right. And so the other girl was like, man, what do you care if I call her that? And I was like, I don't care what you all call each other, but I don't it, I don't like the way it makes me feel when I'm here. So I'm going to leave. And I left, like, and I just didn't talk to her for a while. But I'm realizing that could have been more of a teachable moment. But again, I wasn't processing that. I don't. I don't think in like 2001. And also, it puts a, like an added responsibility. Like, we don't gotta be the ones that always teach. Like, sometimes they always teach. Like, I don't want to teach you. That's just wrong. Like, I'm yeah. not your professor. Yeah. Like, I, don't, it, I just I, don't, I don't know want the protocol. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know the protocol right. for that. Like, because, but anyway. Those are two instances that popped in my head um, immediately. And I feel like sometimes in, especially in those PWI spaces, we have those friends or folk that get really comfortable, like a little too comfortable. It's not on me to teach you your levels, but it's on me to kind of level set my boundaries. And you got to respect those, but I also don't need to teach you. Go, go ask somebody else. You know, I like what you said. I like (laughs) to level set my boundaries and, I'm especially now today when there are so many resources and tools out there the teachable moment right. thing that's out the way yeah no you can educate you yourself Google. you got Ask. google today <laughs> <laughs> now back to okay. you pledging well, back to pledging we, yes yes your community finding the community yes so let me let me go back to so this is more of a joy space um so um my i i think alpha kappa alpha was just embedded in me since I was a little girl. Um, Both my aunts on my dad's side um, were AKAs. And the majority of women that were friends with my mom, like I call them my tribe of aunties, (laughs) related to or not, were all AKAs. So all I knew was pink and green. Uh, But before I made the decision, um, because I had a really close friend who was a Zeta, Um, she ended up coming to College of Charleston as well. And I like the Zetas on our campus. Shout out to the CFC Zetas because they were every function like they were just always there. Um, But same for AKA, like there was a a lot that happened, I would say, like a year, excuse me, two, two or three years before I pledged. A thing happened in our uh, region. Um, But when we did have the AKs return to campus, I just knew that was what was best for me. And that was after reading the books and doing the research and just deciding for myself. Um, As far as the women who were on campus, I love my line. Um, The women that graduated two or three years ahead, like they were all super smart, super visible on campus. And I don't know if you, I'm, I'm sure you experienced this too at, at your schools. Like when you are on a white campus, like communities are like that much stronger. And 
you know, to have people look out for you, have conversations with you and check in with you. Like all of those things were very, like made a huge impression on me. And um, that kind of stuck with me to help me make my decision. So, yeah. What was your line name? I was going to ask that. (laughs) Floetic. Okay. Of course it was. Yeah. Of course. Everything <laughs> about Faye is just Blow so fly. It. I can't. Like, it's so hip hop. I can't. I did you did you know um any of your uh last sisters like before you went through yeah. the pledging process? Yeah, actually, um I I'd say like at least half, probably more, seventy five percent of them before we went through the process together. And um Actually, one of my line sisters who like I was really close with in college, uh, we went to high school together too. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So, yeah. So, what are some other communities that you found on campus? Because to your point, once you kind of latch in with with the black folk, you, you latch in. So, you latch other in organization. Black student in? union for sure. Black student union. Like, um, Babe, where did you find the time? I don't even understand, <laughs> but keep going. I was always there. <laughs> I was always on campus. That's the thing. The biggest, now I wouldn't even say the biggest controversy. For a while, we had been fighting for um, the Confederate flag to come off the state house dome or whatever. Like, that was our big thing in the early 2000s. And outside of that, like as far as organizing or doing marches, like I don't think we had any like big thing that stuck out, but I feel like if we did the way that we came together, like we would, you know, just know how to mobilize, connect and get it done. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of us, con- like a lot of us congregating together was really just from a unification standpoint and just setting up our own safe spaces, even if that was study hall or if it was a talent show or you know, whatever it might be to bring folks together, having visibility at at the games, like, you know, having like a, a section to sit together, like all of that stuff seems really, I don't want to say it's just as important, I think. Yeah. Just to kind of have your tribe in your safe space and um to be able to know what places on campus where we're all just going to be hanging out and congregating together, like all of that stuff made a difference. So, um, you know, black student unions stuck out a good bit for me as well. And just feeling like, all right, I I wouldn't even say a home away from home, but I had space with folks while on campus, you know, um, yeah, and it is important. It's not trivial at all. It's not small because in college, it's an interesting thing. You get a couple classes a day. Yeah. Da da. Now what? Then, it's like you know. What? <laughs> now what? You got yeah. Where do I go? You, you're hanging out yeah. with your people. Like that's an important part of right. this thing. You know, if you got something coming up, of course you're studying. But but a lot of people study at certain times. A lot of people study at night, you know. So Mm -hmm. when you're done with your Mm -hmm. classes, if you don't have community or your people around or a dorm room to go sleep in or make some ramen in, I don't know. 
you can really feel disconnected and very yeah. lonely and alone, especially yeah. at a PWI. Yeah, and especially like like even if you if you leave home too, oh my gosh, yeah, that yeah. that's really rough. Yeah, for sure. But no, I think it's I think it's it's cool because you want to. That's what this is about, you know. The head nod. We finding each other. We head nod and we latching on. We building community. Absolutely. We doing those things. That, that's what all that's about. So you know, you said y'all was the top party school. Was what was you doing at them parties? What was what was that? What was that scene? Don't you say you wasn't DJing? Thing. I missed out. I, I missed out. I'm, I'm telling you, like whatever. I don't believe that you. What? you was, nah, nah. I might How have was the DJ to... missing the parties. I, it didn't happen. I don't know. I, I feel like I missed my my wild years, maybe. I, I just... Faye, <laughs> you went to the top was, party school and I went party. to the top party school and didn't party. I was in there studying. So what's, what's funny what? is me and my homegirl from... from uh, She went to Columbia High, too. Um, our first year, we lived in Kelly House dorms. So the Kelly House dorms... But pretty much, they used to be off-campus apartments that the, the college in, uh, eventually purchased, right? And it was mass chaos for the first semester. I'm talking about toilet papering the place. And these were nice, nice dorms, by the way, because they used to be like apartments, like changed up. It was pink. Like, it glowed when you went in there. But when I say these kids... Kids fall. It was like in a square in the lawn. Like it'd be like dudes just passed out. Uh, and I'm trying. Is it blue lights? What's the football movie with um? No, oh. not happening. I'm gonna I'm bring said, it back to uh, you. I know what you. Fla- I know flashing what you. lights, blue lights. I don't know. Edit all of this out. But imagine mass <laughs> chaos. I'm talking about everything from country music to rock music to hip hop music. So every type of music blaring in the system and because it's in a quad like all of it's coming inside the yard and suds whatever coming into the space people having the time of their lives for the first semester i'll never forget my homegirl was like yo shauna they used to call me by my middle name back then shauna i guarantee next semester this place is gonna be quiet because the other thing about college of charleston they didn't play when it came to academic probation. Like if you didn't make a certain level, like you're going to be on probation or you're going home. When I say the next semester was a library, like <laughs> that's how insane. Because again, this is like your first time away from home. Like your parents aren't there and you're pretty much in apartments with 17, 18, 19 year olds. And there's like two to four people to a house. So it was like insane for, I would say, the first semester of college. And then you couldn't hear it. Like you could hear a pin drop. Like easy. <laughs> and I missed they all of those, that. They got those grades I missed from all the of first that. quarter. Oh, they high. got those grades and they went home. <laughs> right. <laughs> they went right. home. Because <laughs> college they was not playing. <laughs> C of C. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, doing your call again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But it also makes sense because being a student athlete is a whole mood. I mean, mm-hmm. I walked on to the softball team at Drake and what? I was like, come I'm on now. dropping random things. What? what? Every yeah, episode, I, did. I feel I... like I'm saying, why have I never heard this? But go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's, that's something I talk about. But I did. It was quite the experience. I wasn't, I was better at basketball, but I was too afraid to try out. 
if I had a regret in my whole life, it was that I didn't play basketball. But I played softball for a little bit. But it was a whole... It's a lot of freaking work. Yeah. Uh, Two-a-days, yeah. lifting in the morning, practices in the evening, uh, in-season, out-of-season ball. Most people don't even know there's spring ball, like fall ball. Like, it's ball all the time. <laughs> you know, it's so... You better preach. You just... It just doesn't stop. And when you're working out that much, your body is tired. You don't eat enough. You like, people would call me sleepy because wherever I landed, I just went to sleep. Like everybody in the dorm room, people just leave me in there. Anna sleep, she'll wake up, <laughs> find us later. Like, I mean, that's just what it was. So I get it. What position did you play? Uh, left Go field. Downstairs. Oh, you was good. Ended Wait, because. That's where the ball goes all the time. <laughs> I was fast. Yeah, Come I was pretty now. good. I was all right. I wasn't as good as the other players. I came from a school that didn't have like the best softball program, but I was just naturally like athletic. athletic. So I could, yeah. you know, I, I caught on to towards softball. the end. But... Right? For real. Because y'all playing in that heat too? That heat. Spring yeah. sports? Spring sports were next Endurance. level. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it it what? was hot out there, and I was in Iowa, and so we were playing teams in the in the Midwest with Confederate flags on the back of their trucks. G, it was Yo. a whole. Move. Was you the only black person on the team? Yeah. Wow. Am I making that up? No, I'm sure of it. There was a brown person, Malai. Did I pronounce her name right? M A L A Y. That feels right. Yeah. She was a brown brown person, but yeah, I'm almost certain. Had to be, yes. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was <laughs> but that was pretty normal in softball. Mm-hmm. That's pretty normal. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like a whole bunch of black girls playing softball, you know. Yeah, and your legs yeah. are strong because them softball girls they got them diesel legs. Their legs was always First strong. Off. Softball girls are strong, period. Okay. Yeah, like, man, they, facts. They a whole nother breed, man. Like for real. Yo. Facts. Them <laughs> girls on the team, they was bench pressing like as much as the guys in the weight room. Like Sweet. it ain't no punk. Like they strong as hell. <laughs> Party on at this So, Faye, you went to the party school and didn't party. That's okay. You got good grades and you got out of there. It's okay. (laughs) So, you know, we have our segments. It's because, you know, you've been here since day one. So, Mm -hmm. one of our segments, we talk about what is some music that you got exposed to. So, what's like a white song or something that you may have gotten exposed to by going to a PWI? Mm. I know you got some. You would think, right? What's funny is... So, okay, let me, for South Carolina, we didn't really have a hip hop station until I was in like high school. (laughs) Like it was just always mixed frequency radio. So I listened to obviously a lot of gospel, but when I say like, it would be Audio Slave and then like, who was, who was the hip hop groups back then? It would be like Audio Slave, Mario, and then uh, the, um, some hip-hop song to come on after that. That was quite normal. Like, Hootie and the Blowfish was, like, our claim to fame. So, I don't, like, I just feel like it was always there. <laughs> always there. Um, all right, but let me don't try to think. Don't put Hootie in it. 
Right. Okay, I'll kind of black. <laughs> Not kind of. He was black. a little black. Hootie was black. We 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 gonna take. Hootie. I mean, we gonna own Hootie. Um, we gonna own Hootie. Okay, we we'll gonna own Hootie. We gonna own Hootie. Um, they was a move, weren't they? Yeah. No, the, the kids today don't even know what a Hootie and a blowfish. What a Hootie. Fact, mm-hmm. even, yeah. even just saying the name don't sound right. What were they? Thinking? No, it don't. Yeah, it feels what is wrong. What's a hootie and a bluefish? It do. It don't feel right. But when you think about it, a lot of those bands in that time didn't. The names didn't feel that great. Yeah. Mm. So you yeah. ain't got no songs. Just um, the hootie. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't even count hootie as one of the songs. Like I, that was just how the radio station was set up. Like it'd be like a hip hop song, a country song, a rock song, and a pop song. And it was always on the same station because we didn't have mm-hmm. hip hop stations until. I was in high school. I think uh, Hot 103.9 uh-huh. was the station down here. But I used to listen to DJ Prince Ice, and he was from Jersey. So he would do, like, um, hip-hop mixes on on the Big DM, which was, like, the adult contemporary station. So I'm just lining y'all up for I was pretty much listening to white music my entire life. And actually, you <laughs> can't even say that <laughs> because... <laughs> I mean, American music is black music, so rock, country, right. like all, like right. every house, all of that's us anyway. But I will, I will say, what's traditionally recognized as other genres um, outside of hip hop and R and B, um, like what song did they love? And again, you know, I was in college, like pop was kind of popping, you know, yeah. that was in sync and in Britney, so that stuff we was already mm-hmm. listening to, so it wasn't like any. Which is still good. I mean, NSYNC went hard. I, I was I was all on the bye 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 train. I was all yeah. On the- I my teammate oh. Beth could do like the entire NSYNC album. Like she had dance moves choreographed. Oh yeah, I wasn't that dedicated. For, <laughs> That's pretty yeah. Deep. <laughs> nah, she was she was a huge fan. Oh. I would say any B sides from NSYNC, I would I would say Beth did that. But I can't front like I wasn't listening to bye 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 already. So. Um, <laughs> bye, I don't bye, know. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Another segment, right, is our click your heels three times. Is there that moment where you wanted to click your heels and go back home? <laughs> like I'm out of oh, here. Plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of times. Any, oh. any stories? Sheesh. Um, there was a time being so it's that it's a it's a duality. I'm gonna talk about duality again, right? Because part of it is like, okay, I made this decision to be here, so I have to finish and I need to be this person while I'm here because you know my presence is not only Am I doing this for myself to make something out of myself and to um, prove that all the challenges, all the obstacles, everything that I overcame, I'm supposed to be here. Right. So there's that feeling of Mm. it. And then it's the other feeling of why am I putting myself through this? Like, why? Why am I feeling like my worth is dependent on how other people view me? Like the respectability politics of it. It's it's a. I think I struggled with that a lot. And there were plenty of times where it's like, 
I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And it's kind of like, like Anna, you were speaking about it earlier, like consistently being in pain just cause my, like physically my body hurts all the time. Just that mm-hmm. part. And, um, dealing with microaggressions from every angle, whether it be a professor, a coach or a teammate or just a regular classmate, like, why do I have to deal with this all the time? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have your own, your own goals, but also sometimes your own um, pressures that you set up for yourself. Like um, I need to show up in this capacity to prove this about me. And it's like, well, you already know yourself and you made it this far. So why are you putting this extra pressure on yourself to appease someone else's opinion of you or what is the root of this, right? So there was plenty of times where, yeah, to some degree I was like, I feel like I I just want this to finish. Like, I don't know, should I take extra classes so I can graduate early? Like, what should I do to get out of this um, situation or what I'm creating as a situation? But then ultimately it's like, nah, I'm gonna fight through it. Like. I knew I knew I would be up against this before I came here. Like, this is what I signed up for. And I I think just in general, as black women, like we always lift as we climb. So any like and to some degree. It it worked in. In tandem. Right. So my school knew that they wanted to recruit more people like me. But they needed more people that looked like me to recruit for their team. To recruit. Right? Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I'm going to open this door, but I'm going to kick it off the hinges if I do and make it that much easier for the next person coming behind me. You know, so what might have started out as three black girls on a team. By the time I left, there was like at least six, you know, so it's like. That that was something and like looking back on it now, I get it more because, again, I'm not going to act like I figured all this out when I was 18 or 19 because I didn't. But looking back on it now, it's just like, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, I have a question. How did you know? How did you know? So our next segment is the opposite part of that. (laughs) <laughs> is okay. there a moment that happened that you were like, okay, I like it here. I can do this. You know, I, I want to stay here. How did you know it was that moment for you to stay there? Mm, I like it here. How did you know? I don't know. The, I, I knew at the end of my freshman year, I was going to do all like complete my education there. And I'm not going to front like just as many like questionable times I had, good times as well with my teammates um, and with my classmates on campus. And ultimately I do think that it was a good school, but um, yeah, I would say at the end of my freshman year, I knew that I was going to stick it out. I knew that like there wasn't going to be a time where I would transfer or leave. And I think it was just a culmination of everything between um, and, and don't get me wrong, like our season, like our record, it was horrible. <laughs> like, it sucks so bad. <laughs> but also, I mean, and this is from somebody because 
in high school, like we lost two games. Like, we were like ninety eight and two. Like that's how good our team was. So like everything sucked after that. So in, the, in college, it was the everything two, worked. Two, it was it was two and ninety eight. No, I'm just I'm just playing. And, like um, yeah, when I grad, I think my senior year we ended at five hundred. I think it was like twelve and twelve or something like that. But um, you know, it was a part of that like finding the tribe. I think like after freshman year, because also. In in Charleston, there was there were no HBCUs in Charleston either. So we were also cool with um, the the students that went to the Citadel. We were also cool with the students that went to Charleston Southern University, which was like further up in Charleston. So it was like all of the campuses of black folks kind of had a community as well, which is interesting. Mm. Um, actually, mm. the Omegas on our campus. Um, had more of a city chapter just because they're, you know, for one, they weren't, um, their lines were always so small, but also it just, it would take the entire city to, for them to make up their line of three or four people, (laughs) to be honest, you know, but it it was very, very close quarters. Um, and yeah, yeah. Very yeah. communal. It seemed like that community kept you. You know what I mean? It kept It you. did. Yeah. It, it did. It was a big part of my it life. Yeah. Yeah. Big part of my Beautiful. Life. Well, Faye. Thank you, Faye. It's been a blast. We've loved having you on. Thanks for having me. I, well, um, I appreciate this. I know that I ramble a lot, too. So have fun editing this episode <laughs> <laughs> and remixing it. You're all good. Sometimes I'll be talking. I'll be like, what was the question again? <laughs> totally forgot. <laughs> no, but seriously. You you be thanks, preaching, though. You be, you be me. dropping it. I'm like, okay, fine. I hear you. Yes, yes. We got you. <laughs> but no, this is dope. Um, I, this is dope. I love this. This was a good time. Thanks for having me. for tuning in to the head nod podcast don't forget to subscribe and follow us on the cube app and at dcp official across social family follow my sis adele at i am adele coleman across all socials and follow the coolest to ever do it anna deshawn at anna deshawn on all socials listen wherever you get your podcast and if you really dig it leave a rating and a review Keep nodding your heads with us. Until next time, this is the Head Nod.